Good morning, and welcome to the Monta Vista Church of Christ. If you are visiting with us, welcome. You're an honored guest, and your presence here today is encouraging to all of us. As some of you are about to find out, I am not the regular preacher here. On the last Sunday of the month, a member is given the opportunity to present a lesson. This month is my opportunity. I appreciate this opportunity and the encouragement that many have given. 20 years ago, I had the opportunity to be a member of the City of Scottsdale Fire Support Program. As each of you know, we have a serious issue with wildland fires around the state of Arizona. Each of us was required to take classes and obtain our red card to be wildland certified. We would have drills and on occasion be called out to incidents either to assist with mop-up duties or on the rare occasion be the first crew on scene. Tools that a hand crew would use varied from a McLeod tool, a Pulaski tool, or a shovel. As these tools were used, they became dull. And at the end of every use, we would prepare them for their next use and take out our file and sharpen them. You see, iron sharpens iron, and these tools would not be as useful if they were not cleaned, sharpened, and maintained in good shape. And that is what I would like to discuss with all of you today, how iron sharpens iron. Just as we read in Proverbs 27, verse 17, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpen, sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. If I spend time with Christians, then I should encourage, uplift, and help them to grow, just as I should also benefit in these ways from spending time with them. Let us read some scripture here to see how we should act. And in Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And Titus 2, verses 1 through 8, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young, the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. And then also what Jesus says in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing 
but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Many of you know that I was born and raised in Ohio. It has been a tough road being a Cincinnati Bengals football fan. In uh, 2002, the Cincinnati Bengals finished the season at 2-14. and 14. This record earned them the number one pick in the 2003 NFL Draft. And with that first overall pick, the Bengals selected the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from the University of Southern California, Carson Palmer. Now at the time, the Bengals already had a quarterback by the name of John Kitna, who in 2003 played every offensive down and was named the NFL Offensive Comeback Player of the Year. So you might be wondering where that number one pick was at that time. He was holding a clipboard on the sideline and learning. You see, Kitna and Palmer had developed a close friendship on and off the field. Kitna was helping sharpen Palmer to replace him as the Bengals franchise quarterback. Here is what Palmer had to say about Kitna in an article from a 2017 article in the Cincinnati Enquirer. Probably the most instrumental individual in my career, Palmer said of Kitna. It was only a handful of years, but he continued to mentor me when he was in Detroit and when he was in Dallas. He's what you want in the room, is a guy like him that's stable. He's a great role model for teammates. He's a great father role model. There was a lot to look up to, and there still is. I still have a great relationship with him and appreciate what he did for me early on. He is a true vet and a true mentor. Palmer said he applies lessons he learned from Kitna to his own approach, but doesn't try to mimic his, Kitna's approach. We're very different, Palmer said. I think it's important, whether it be learning from how a guy takes care of his body to how he studies, how a guy is a mentor, how a guy is a leader. You take bits and pieces that fit the person you are. I thought about this article once I decided on my topic for today's lesson, Iron Sharpens Iron. And I'd like each one of you to take a moment and think about your life and who has had the greatest impact on your Christian walk. It may be a parent, a grandparent, or a family member. It might be a workmate, a friend, or a school friend. Daily, we are exposed to all sorts of people. I thought about who I would consider as my mentors in my Christian walk. Who would I consider as those that have helped me to become who I am today and continue to encourage and challenge me? I think about my wife, Lisa, the most influential person who by example, with patience and kindness, was able to encourage me and bring me into seeing the importance of a relationship with God. A kind and gentle person who is such a great role model, who makes it clear that God is first in her life. I think about my brother-in-law, Jason, a man I have known for 30 years, who is willing to say what needs to be said, regardless of the situation, but always with a God-first attitude, and will always give of himself. He is truly selfless and continually gives of himself in so many ways. 
I think of Mitch and how our relationship has grown since I met him back in the late 90s, who looks to encourage and kindly push those around him to grow spiritually, who has helped my spiritual growth by nudging me to do a lesson each year. I think of Dave, who is such a good listener, who takes in all that I may say in a rambling text and then responds with kind words and encouragement. Just as it says in James, so then, in, sorry, James 1, verse 19, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I think about Jared, and even though he's less than half my age, he truly is focused on God and encouraging others. How he is a continually positive influence on my limited song leader abilities. These are all individuals that have contributed to the Christian that stands before you today. And then I begin to think of the impact I might have on those around me, how my attitude and actions or example may affect those that I am in contact with. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Iron in those days contained varying amounts of impurities and was of different strengths. Sharpening is defined as the process of creating or refining a sharp edge to an appropriate shape on a tool or implement designed for cutting. Sharpening is done by grinding away material on the tool with another abrasive substance harder than the tool itself. And when one thing sharpens another, the substance on the sharpening surface must be harder than the material being sharpened, such as two different alloys of iron. In other words, if we desire to be strengthened in our faith in this way, we need to spend intentional time with that type of person and spend time becoming that type of person. It is important to ask, am I investing in others who live in a way that I want to model? Christ is ultimately who we should live our lives reflecting. But it is true that we become like the people we surround ourselves with regularly. This verse helped anchor me in friendships, and I can say that my wife is the most effective iron in my life. We have so many opportunities to either sharpen or be sharpened. About a year ago, Jason asked if I would be able to assist him in teaching the fourth and fifth grade class. Now my first reaction was no way. I had never taught a class before. I am in over my head. But then after a discussion with him, I realized that he would not put me in a position to fail, that it would require work on my part, but it would be beneficial for both myself and the kids. And wouldn't you know that it was a wonderful experience? I learned as much, if not more, than the kids did. So much so that I rotated through again with this group, and this time I partnered with Stan, and then was able to help teach in the SBS this past summer with Austin. Each of these times helped me to become more sharpened as a Christian, and I hope that I was able to help the kids, as well as each of these men, to become sharper. Now, I don't think it was an oversight, but somehow Lisa and I were included in the 20s and 30s group. <laughs> now, as you can tell, it's been a few years since I was at that age, 
but I am thankful to be included with them. The life experiences they are going through are so fresh in my mind from years gone by. It is such an encouragement to be able to discuss, share, and build relationships with this group of individuals. I enjoy the discussions and the opportunities to build each other up. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. If something I have experienced will assist them, I should look for an opportunity to share it with them. Now consider what Paul writes, and this is a little bit longer of a reading, in Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 16. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, giving attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Oftentimes we have to get outside of our comfort zone in order to grow and encourage others. A few years back, we had a men's leadership class. It was designed so that a subject would be decided on, and then a few men would volunteer to lead the discussion about that subject. When the subject of parenting came up, I realized I needed to be one of those leading the discussion. You see, Lisa and I have a son, Jacob, who was raised to know God attend church, and he made the decision to be baptized and become a Christian, and then a few years ago fell away. As parents, we are never ready for that to happen. We struggle with the what did I do wrong. As I mentioned that day in class, and what I still think about now is the fact that iron sharpens iron. Just as we adults want to be strengthened and encouraged by being around other Christians, we need to also think about our kids. In many instances, they are so vulnerable out in the world. They are surrounded by those that do not have a God-first attitude. 
We need to ensure that they are able to spend time with like-minded kids so that they can see that they are not alone and can have peer encouragement as they grow in experience and in their faith in God. As we have developed relationships over the years, we found out about a family that worships over at the Valley Congregation that would host a third Friday night devotional and kind of a hangout time for high school age kids each month. It was a great opportunity for our daughter Emma to be able to spend time with her peers to encourage and be encouraged. The drawback was that it was about an hour away going through some heavy city traffic and it was on a Friday after a long week of work. Lisa and I made the decision that we would make sure that Emma would be able to go as often as possible. This was an opportunity for her and oftentimes became an opportunity for us to see some friends, parents from around the state that would drive their kids to this get together. The parents would then be able to go out for a bite and encourage one another. Consider what Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 3, 9 through 13. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat, drink, and enjoy the good of his labor. It is the gift of God. Another opportunity for kids to sharpen one another is at the FC summer camp each summer up in Prescott. Kids from around the state, US, and world come together and get to spend four and a half days together encouraging and being encouraged. There are no cell phone distractions, computers, televisions, etc. It's an opportunity for kids to spend time with other kids in Bible class, hearing or presenting devotionals, singing, and playing games. As one young camper told me this past summer when I asked her what her favorite part was and she said that she could be a kid. How awesome is that? An opportunity for kids to unplug from the crazy hectic world around them, an opportunity to turn off technology and just be together with God as the focus. By the way, if you're ever afforded the opportunity to be a counselor, take it. It's by far the best week of the year you will be encouraged and uplifted by these precious kids. Now we have discussed that adults can sharpen adults and kids can sharpen kids. But let's not forget that kids are able to encourage adults and adults' kids. Remember that fourth and fifth grade class that I taught with Jason? I was able to get to better know those precious kids and was even given a limited edition Tigers Today newsletter from my friend Ashlyn. We need to make time to encourage and uplift each other. You can also take a moment and look over at this third row of young people. It is so encouraging to see older and younger kids sitting there, encouraging one another, and even on occasion, an older one might have to correct a younger one for misbehaving. Remember, iron sharpens iron. Jesus is the ultimate example of whom we should model our lives after. Consider the words to the song, Where He Leads, I'll Follow. 
Sweet are the promises, kind is the word, dearer far than any message man ever heard. Pure was the mind of Christ, sinless I see. He the great example is and pattern for me. Sweet is the tender love Jesus, Jesus has shown, sweeter far than any love that mortals have known. Kind to the erring one, faithful is he. He the great example is and pattern for me. List to his loving words, come unto me. Weary, heavy laden, there is sweet rest for thee. Trust in his promises, faithful and sure. Lean upon the Savior, and thy soul is secure. In Matthew 16, verses 24 to 28, we read about the cost of discipleship. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. If there is anyone here today ready to deny himself, take up his cross to follow Jesus, to confess his name, to be baptized, to lead a life serving God, or if there is anyone here who has committed their life to Christ but is struggling in that walk, who would like to ask for the prayers of the congregation, please come forward as together we stand and sing.